On the Newman Jets Audio Network, this is the JetCast, the official podcast of Newman University Athletics, featuring exclusive interviews with coaches, players, administrators, and more. The JetCast podcast is brought to you by South Central Ceiling and Paving, online at scsealing.com. Mel Hambledon Ford, Pepsi, Allstate Insurance Agent Mike Light, Eck Agency, Donlinger Construction, Big Corner Creative, Dr. Brennan Lucas and Advanced Orthopedic Associates, Keystone Solid Surfaces, and by Overland Charters, the official transportation provider of Newman University Athletics. Here's the voice of the Newman Jets, Blake Kreps. As the full non-season continues in the MIAA, we head back out onto the pitch to check on the other NU soccer team. Last week, you heard from the Jets' newest head coach. This week, we bring you NU's most experienced. And with that, we welcome you back to the JetCast. This is episode number 18 as we continue to bring you inside Newman University Athletics in this time of pandemic. Hope that you and your family are well. Last year, of course, a new experience for all of the Jets' programs. Joining the MIAA, men's soccer, however, did not make the jump. A late merger shipped the Jets off to the Great American Conference last year, and the early returns were good. The Jets were 9-6-1 a year ago in the GAC, a sparkling 6-2 record in Wichita. Behind the bench, the same man who's been calling the shots for the past 32 years, now entering his 33rd season. It's my pleasure to welcome the Dean of Newman Head Coaches, Cliff Brown. Coach, appreciate the time. Thank you so much for being on the show. Well, I appreciate being asked to be here. Thank you. Well, uh, you know, this this quarantine obviously has been affecting everybody. Uh, how has it affected you, and, and how are you doing with all these extra things that we've got to take care of to try to get this thing to go away? Well, it's, it's been a long, long three quarters of a year from the time we closed <laughs> down um, just before spring break. In fact, on, on that Thursday before we closed things Friday and Everything kind of got shut down by the NCAA. I was scheduled. I was heading out of town to recruit sure. on, on Friday to go watch a legacy recruit, the son of somebody that played here in 96 and, bef- and earlier. I was headed down to Oklahoma, had my room, had the car rental, had everything ready to go, and then boom, done. And that was the last time bef- the training we had with the guys. That's the last time I saw them. We shut down over that spring break. They never came back. And really for that whole time nothing other than recruiting and and other things around the campus so yeah that's a a long time even with the restrictions i'm happy to be back well you've had a lot of experience obviously as i outlined did you have any experience that prepared you for a situation (laughs) like you're facing right now um in in terms of the time that we didn't recruit didn't didn't play no that was completely i've never gone that long since i started coaching at uh, I think 12 years old is when I started coaching. I don't think I've ever gone that long without <laughs> coaching something. Right. So that, that was a difficult mentally for me. It's a challenge now with training, with being broken into groups and having to separate the guys differently. And so my graduate assistant, Tommy Fiesel, has been great. We've really, we spend a lot of time every day t- planning things out and talking about what we want to do. But it has, it has limited what we can do no matter what. So we've made the best of it. Uh, they loosened up a little bit on the restrictions starting yesterday. We, we could do 10-minute scrimmages twice twice in a practice. And it was so much fun watching the guys play. It was <laughs> it was completely different because it's just been drills and, and groups, and it's been very, very difficult for them to keep their mentality up as well. How much different is it than a normal soccer practice that you would be having? Obviously, you know, you've got to get – over 20 guys on the pitch at one time to, to have a real game. Uh, how small were you required to have the groups? And how did it limit what you were able to do as a coach 
compared to what you normally do with the guys? Yeah, most of the time the groups have been, because of injuries or various things, have been under 10, okay? A couple of times have been a little over because we just have two coaches, so we split them in two groups like they're done in the weight room. And we just use the same groups to be out on the pitch. But it, it, it has been very limiting. We can't do the amount of tactical work we would usually do. Even in the spring season where we really lay down the foundation, we've started doing some things on defense. But it's, it's, been, it's been a difficult thing to do. It's, it's a completely different way of approaching the game than we've had before. Cliff Brown is my guest. He is the dean of NU coaches, head men's soccer coach. You've put together back-to-back winning seasons here. 9-6-1 last year, ended the Heartland Conference on a winning season. What do you think has been the key to these last two years of success last year in the Heartland Conference and then your first year in the MIAA? Yeah, we only had really a one down year. We had many, many good years before that as well. And I think with the injuries we had that year, it kind of put us behind and, and just couldn't quite rise up to the challenge. People were late getting eligible that year as well. But the last two years, we, we had a really good recruiting year two years ago, three years ago. I mean, we've been doing really, really well. And then they just finally got everything getting put together with all the new players and making it work. And, and uh, I think once that started to gel, it made a big, big difference for us. MIAA soccer, there had not been full membership in men's soccer in the MIAA for a number of years. And so the footprint that you entered into was much different than maybe you were expecting in the MIAA. You've got Harding, Oklahoma Baptist, Southern Nazarene. How good was it for both conferences, the Great American and the MIAA, to shove their soccer programs together to make this one stronger conference that does have plenty of members to host league championships and host events. Yeah, I think it was essential. You look at the situation, I mean, Fort Hayes has been a Final Four in the national tournament within the last couple of years. I mean, they're, they've been a power for years, and we split with them last year. I mean, we're, we were pleased with that. Uh, Northeastern State's been a powerhouse for years and years and years. Roger State came over with us from the Lone Star, and that's always been a huge competition between the two of us. So I think it, it, what we, I think what the MIAA brings to the GAC is really beneficial to the GAC. They've already lifted their level. You look at teams like Harding, how they play. None of those teams are easy. None of those teams are easy. Uh, Wachita Baptist battles and fights for every, every little bit. They, they had to lead on us. We had to come back on them down there. Um, Oklahoma Baptist twice we were ahead 3-0 and they came back to tie it one time they held the the draw the other time we managed to beat them but I mean they're tough teams to play against so I think overall the level of competition is going to really start to, to, to build from that. Now, obviously, our next guest is coming up from Italy, your goaltender, Jean-Claude, and 14 starts last year. He has been a really big part of your defense with the majority of your starts the last two seasons in goal for you. How impressed are you with his development? Yeah, he's come along really nicely. He was, he, but he was a different level when he got here. He, um, when you're working with a player like Jean-Claude, JC, as we call him, it's more about management, about watching his health, making sure things are good so he's healthy for the games, working with him, keeping him sharp. He has his own mentality. He has things he likes to, to, to prepare for. And so it's not like working with some of the young 18-year-old players that we bring in freshmen sure. that are here. He comes out of, of uh, a Serie A academy for years and years as a youth player. Then he was playing Serie D when he was in Italy during his gap year. So it's... It, you're bringing on a different level of experience there, and it, and it changes the dynamics of coaching. Now, if you've been watching the show, you know that you have a question chain question. So you're going to ask a question to JC. I'll ask him the question once he's up here on okay. camera. And then the next time we have a player on, he's going to ask the question, and we'll continue the train. And uh, it will make its way back around to you, Coach. So just be kind with the question here. But what do you want me to ask JC when he gets up here? Oh, well, that's a tough one. Um, Ask him a little bit about what his future plans are. Um, sure. Because 
He's used up three years here, and he has to go to graduate program next, and we don't have a graduate program, so he's going to look to transfer somewhere else and, and kind of find out what the status of that is maybe. Okay, that sounds good. We will do that with Jean-Claude coming up, the senior goaltender here for the Newman Jets. How difficult is it to kind of gauge your expectations for the spring season that you don't know when it's going to start, you don't know how it's going to look, if you'll play a full schedule, conference only, how big it's going to be? What's the biggest challenge in preparing for this spring season? The biggest challenge is keeping the guys sharp period. I mean, with no competition now, if you, if you look, normally look at the last spring, this fall, and this following spring, with the number of games, we would have 38 games in that period of time. Right now, we have zero. <laughs> okay? And we may have six or seven. We may have 14. I'm not sure what we're going to end up with. But that's not 38 games. Sure. So, I think keeping them mentally sharp, um, keeping them happy because you know a lot of the internationals are coming over here and they're paying money to be here every every none of my players are on full rides everybody's paying money so they come over here with expectations and they're realistic they know we have covid to deal with they know that we have restrictions so it's it's, it's not like they t- but it's still not meeting their expectations sure so i think that's the biggest challenge for me is just keeping them knowing what's going to happen next season we know the competition after a couple of scrimmages yesterday, the, we know a little bit about who we are. It's the first look I really had to see them as a group against anything other than like five-a-side and three-a-side games. So I have a much better idea, and I'm actually much happier after that where, I, where we are than I thought we were. Did the guys, were they able to cut loose a little bit? I'm sure that they have got to be just sick of, I don't know what training and drills you do. I don't know if there's running involved. Did, I know there's a lot of conditioning in soccer as well, but I, I would think that they would be, have been so feeling so blessed to be able to do something other than another drill. Right. We don't do traditional running like we did when I was a player. Most of our running is, is short, um, a lot of speed and agility, a lot of things with the ball. And so we don't go out. And in the spring season, we don't really, which is the fall season now, <laughs> right. we don't really press the uh, fitness to the same level. We're, we've been slowly increasing it. I think people came in not in the same fitness because between everything going wherever they're here or overseas as they came in and with quarantines, you know, 10 days in there, and they can't train really there. So the fitness wasn't where it normally would be the first week of training anyway. So we've been trying to be careful about that and, and ease them in and not create too many overuse type injuries. And we've monitored it pretty well, but we've had a few injuries here and there that's just natural as a contact sport. How concerned are you about bringing the guys back in the spring? Because there's going to be a period by, you know, just because of the weather, because of the time, because of the holidays, where the guys are going to have to, you know, totally shut things down. And instead of ramping back up for spring, which would be, you know, let's get ready for the fall season time, you're going to be theoretically be getting ready for real games coming off of, you know, being away for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. Don't necessarily know exactly how long that break is going to be. What's going to be the biggest challenge in that and getting those guys ready to go in February or March or whenever the season does start? Yeah, to address the first part, I'm not really overly concerned with how that works. We just have to be adaptable and take whatever is um, sure. whatever's given to us. Hopefully it, the guys are able to maintain their fitness and start ramping it up during that break a little bit. It's a different time of the year. We're, I mean, we're going to probably just face a lot of challenges that baseball and softball usually face because they're, they're a spring sport, outdoor sport, and having to come in during winter months and try to do things, and we're going to be in the same situation. The biggest one of the challenges would be I don't think our field, which is in the best, it's in the best shape it's ever been right now, but it's Bermuda. 
So it'll be, <laughs> yeah. It will be completely dormant, and we probably won't be able to play our games in the spring here. We'll wait and see when we play and how. But it won't start greening up until the ground temperature is 67 degrees. Sure. And so it'll, it'll be brown. So we may end up having to play all of our, our games off campus over at Stryker Complex or local high schools, whoever we can work with. Final question for you. How do you gauge, how do you even form your expectations? Obviously, you're going for a third straight winning season. How do you figure out what you feel like this team's expectations could be given everything else that's going on? Well, the first thing that's most important to me is that we build the right culture, that we brought the right kind of people in. I think we've done that. And that we, we build a culture that, that has a winning attitude but understands that it doesn't have to be with arrogance. Or, and, and I try not to set uh, – goals and the number of wins, because I think wins are an outcome of doing things correctly. It should, it should, the goal should be creating the right environment, bringing the right people in. Those are my goals as a, as a coach. Expectations, I expect to win. I mean, I expect to win. I expect that it, I don't, I can't give a number of games because I don't know how many we're playing. So, <laughs> That's true. I mean, the target, depending on how many, if you play a full 18 game schedule, my target's always at least 10 wins. That times, times like last year, we were below, but we had short. We had 16 games, so a little bit shorter. Um, so we just keep trying to adjust to what we have but my expectations are to win and my expectations if we set it up with two groups like they've talked about that we're first or second in our group and we make the semifinals and that and we progress that's what i'm looking for cliff brown starting year 33 at some point this season uh we hope on the pitch here for newman coaching men's soccer coach thanks so much for the time thank you blake appreciate it the newly the uh, newman goaltender from italy you'll meet him next here on the jetcast Thank you to Don Lear Construction, proud supporter of Newman Athletics. Fact is, every insurance company hopes you drive safely. But Allstate actually helps you drive safely with DriveWise. It lets you know when you go too fast and brake too hard. With feedback to help you drive safer, giving you the power to actually lower your cost. Unfortunately, you can't do anything about that. Now that you know the truth, are you in good hands? Check out your Allstate agent here in Wichita, Mike Light, at 316-684-0121. The second annual Newman Athletic Reunion is coming up, and just like everything else this year, it'll look a little different thanks to coronavirus. Golf is on the menu at Derby Country Club. Shotgun start set for 9.30 a.m. Friday, October 2nd. So it's coming up here pretty quickly. Meet up with former Jet teammates and friends and support future Jets, just like this one I'm about to talk to, the second annual Newman Athletic Reunion. Get all the details, register, or donate, newmanjets.com, and click on Alumni Reunion. We are talking men's soccer today, and we're now joined by a senior goalie from Italy, Jean-Claude Consol. In his junior campaign, he made 14 of 16 starts for the Jets, going 8 six and one in net a 1.55 goals against average 54 saves a 711 save percentage last year from Aosta Italy Jean-Claude Consol they call him JC on the team thanks so much for being here man appreciate it thank you for the invite it's a pleasure well uh, how much routine have you been able to get back from what you're used to doing this time of year, going to class, being a student athlete? How much of that has returned and how much of that is still yet to be determined based on everything that's been happening with this sickness? But honestly, the, the routine has been pretty normal because we are able to have uh, in-person classes. I have a couple of online classes, but I always had those classes. We are practicing both in the weight room and in the field. 
So pretty much my routine is the same than last year. The only big difference is the mask. <laughs> yeah. But beside that, uh, the routine is it, that. It, it is a big difference, isn't it? Uh, nine, six, and one last year as a team. Back-to-back winning seasons. What do you feel like has been the key to the success that the Jets have had on the pitch these last two years? Well, I think that overall, uh, the, you know, the, the important is the quality, and we had a, a good quality among the players. And uh, but at the same time, we had a good group. We were a good friend, and uh, we were able to mix well the quality with the with the culture and with with the winning mentality to to attain a, a good result. We are sorry for last year. We couldn't make the playoff, and uh, that was the bigger regret last, sure. last season. But uh, yes, overall, we were able to achieve more or less what we now six and three and one in goal as a sophomore uh but you only started 10 of 19 matches for the jets how big of a difference is it being the guy in net versus knowing that you're only going to be playing roughly every other week well the the problem my first year was that uh, unfortunately i wasn't eligible until october so yeah but um Fortunately, in my career, I've always been in a situation where I was the guy and uh, the, the year that I was not in Italy has been really challenging for me. Sure. Because, uh, you know, goalkeeper is a different position. You don't have a chance to enter the last 10 minutes. And that feeling of being the goalkeeper is really important for, for your performance, for your confidence. And, yeah, it's really, it's really important. We're talking with Jean-Claude Consol. He is the goaltender for the Newman Jets men's soccer team. How much different of a mindset in, in football, or at least what we call football, you know, you have the kicker who is kind of separate and, you know, different out on their own. The closer in baseball, same way in hockey, you've got the netminder and obviously soccer. You know, you guys are a part of the team, but in many ways you're segregated from the team. You're separate from the team. What is that like? And do you feel like that suits you in some way? Yes, it does. And uh, yes, absolutely. We are, we are in the same team, but in some way we play a different game. We play a different, a different sport because, uh, you know, we say in Italy, you're on your own. And uh, that's what I like. And uh, you take the most responsibilities because a mistake from the goalie could represent a goal for the opponent. And uh, a striker can miss a goal and still having a goal and being the best player of the match. But uh, that's the way we are, and uh, that's thing. I think that for being a goalie, and uh, as you mentioned in the other sport, that position, you need to have the kind of willingness to take responsibility and deal with them. Sure. Now, obviously, everything that we are going through now in terms of coronavirus, uh, after China, your home country of Italy was one of the earliest and hardest hit by the virus. Uh, how was that watching here from America as that was going on in your home country? And, and, and how did you deal with that? And obviously, uh, is your family okay? And, and, and how did you deal with being separated from that and, and watching that, that those terrible things happen with coronavirus in Italy? Well, it was sad. It was sad. Fortunately, all my family was okay. My mom is a nurse, so we had many concern for her. And uh, fortunately, it was okay. And, uh, well, uh, honestly, it's one of the few c- situations where not being with them was okay because I know that I could be potentially a problem with them because uh, you can potentially bring the virus in the house. And therefore, being away was painful in one way, but on the other way, it was, 
was okay because I knew that the safest position for them was to me to be away. Have you been able to go back and visit since this happened last March? Well, I decided not to because uh, I I did an internship over the summer and uh, also coming back I felt was not the safest safest option because eventually in Europe it turned out being a good situation over the summer, a better situation. But uh, as we know, in Brazil, it got actually worse. Sure. And a couple of players, one player actually couldn't come here because of the restriction. And uh, therefore, I thought that it was really a risk situation going back. How have you been able to keep in touch with them? Obviously, technology always makes that easy. Easier, I should say. Absolutely. And uh, having the possibility to FaceTime them every day, in some way, keep, keep you close to them almost as you were on. Sure. So wave to Italy here for, <laughs> from us here in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, we talked with your coach, Coach Brown, in, in the earlier segment, and he said that you guys finally got to scrimmage one another uh, in a, I don't know if it was a full side or maybe just 10, 10 on 10, but uh, you didn't have to do a drill for a change. How much are you and the guys missing just playing matches, even if they don't count? How much have you been missing just being out there in the grind of competition? Yeah, we, we were missing that a lot, and, uh, and there is no question about And It's also good to understand where we are and the level of the team, because as we were mentioning before, like doing drills uh, doesn't really allow you to understand. We had many, many new players, and it was a good thing for us to understand where we are. So now it's time for your question chain question. When we have the next Newman men's soccer player on, you'll get to ask them a question. But your question comes from the top, and Coach Brown, he wants to know what the heck your plans are. What are you planning to do here? You're about to graduate. Obviously, uh, you know, your collegiate soccer career is coming to an end. Now, I'm not as familiar with, you know, the different levels of soccer professionally, but I know that there are some Newman athletes that do go professional. Caitlin Potter and uh, Marshawn Blackman are pursuing professional basketball careers right now, even if they're not in the NBA. But I know you've got a degree that's coming your way and some graduate work that you want to do. So uh, to answer Coach Brown's question, what are your plans? And how hard is it to make those plans, given everything that's going on and, and being so disruptive of what normality normally is? Well, it's been challenging, but that's the moment where I'm trying to, to decide. Uh, the, what I know is that I want to do a graduate program a graduate program, so I'm going to do a master in finance next year. Okay, so uh, what your, what's your undergrad in? I'm a double major in management and finance. Okay. So I, I will pursue a master in finance. And uh, my decision is still to understand whether I want to go back in Europe or staying here. And uh, I'm evaluating my option right now and uh, seeing whether could be what could be the best option whether to keep playing here and studying the u.s or obviously whatever. you've got a lot of you've got home in italy uh, you know the, the people love I mean, people don't visit italy because it's you know they, they don't people go to italy because it's a lovely country you've got your family there uh, obviously america has a lot of opportunities europe does as well what's going to make the decision for you you think about staying here and or going home to somewhere in europe and how difficult will that situ that uh, decision be it's been pretty challenging, but the, the, the main point will be to find the best uh, master program. Whether if it's going to be in the U.S., I'm going to stay in the U.S. If it's going to be in Switzerland, I'm going to go in Switzerland. If it's going to be in Italy, it's going to be in Italy. What, what do you feel like you want to do with your finance degree? Obviously, there are several different fields that uh, I'll pay pretty good money that you can <laughs> use a finance degree for. What are some of the options that you have right now? Well, uh, there are many things that I would like to, and right now... 
being sharp is difficult, but uh, overall, I would like to analyze the market and take advantage of okay. the opportunity that the market presents. Sure. Bit. Okay. Yeah, th there is definitely some money in that if you do it right. Uh, what's it been like to be coached by this guy who's been doing it for 32 years? Uh, I know you're not 32 years old, and uh, <laughs> you know, obviously, experience level is so different between you and coach. What's it, what's it been like to be in Coach Brown's program for these last few years? Well, it's been a, a good um a good experience and uh, of course uh, coach has a lot of experience a lot of uh, coaching experience and relationship between the player and i'm happy overall we were able to to build a good relationship between each other and uh, to accomplish good result overall of course as he said it would be wonderful to finish my last year with a with a better soccer result on the field I, I certainly hope you guys get to play and get that opportunity uh, with that in mind I'll, I'll get you out of here on this how do you stay focused for this season with so many questions and 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 not knowing how it's going to work or when it's going to happen and just having to stay ready all the time in my opinion the turning point is being focused day by day so really practical entering the field and being focused on what you have to do in that two hours that you are in the field that's the best way i know that's the way i do and uh, because od otherwise if if you start to think in long term it's difficult it's difficult but the truth is that uh, you go on the field and you need to win the match the the drill that you're doing and that's the way i do Jean-Claude Consol, the goaltender on this Newman men's soccer team, his senior season coming up hopefully sometime after January 1st. JC, thanks so much for the time, and best of luck to you and the Jets on the pitch this spring. Thank you very much. Thank you. When we come back, we'll wrap up with the new director of golf here at Newman, who's also a face that, and a voice that you should remember. Taryn Torgerson joins me next. Hi friends, Phil Nightingale, General Manager at Mount Hamilton Ford. Have you been thinking about a new SUV? Right now is a great time to buy a new Ford at the big one of 119th and West Gallo. EcoSport, Escape, Edge, Explore, Expedition, Mount Hamilton Ford is sure to have the right vehicle to fit your size. And you know you can count on us with this great selection to find the right SUV at the best price to fit your budget. Check us out online or in person. Let us make your purchase easy with pickup and delivery right from your home or work. Mount Hamilton Ford, experience the difference. Where can you land the best jet swag? The official online store of Newman University Athletics and NewJetsGear.com. Store features the greatest variety of Jets logo gear anywhere. From latest clothing styles and hats to Newman branded lawn chairs and office supplies and more. And NewJetsGear.com is your place to purchase sports specific, alumni, parents, and hard to find Newman merchandise. Shop right now on your computer or phone. And NewJetsGear.com or click the Shop Now button at newmanjets.com. Wrapping up this week's episode of the JetCast with the new and the old golf coach, Taryn Torgerson, adding the men's golf duties. It would have been her second year coaching just the women, but she is now the second director on the Newman Jet staff, the director of golf. Of course, a four-year star at Wichita State University, and the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference Individual Champion, the 2018 American Athletic Conference Individual Champion, Taryn Torgerson on the JetCast to wrap things up. Coach, thank you so much for your time, and congratulations on the promotion in the offseason. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, how has the coronavirus kind of affected what you would normally be doing during the offseason? Yeah, um, fortunately, we play a sport that is COVID and social distancing friendly. So um, our players have been able to play a little bit more than, say, some other sports that have kind of had to put things on halt. Um, I've actually been able to play a little bit more myself, which has been nice. Um, but 
it's nice to be back out there and have everybody back together and for me to be back with them and coaching them. Um, but it kind of they didn't really miss a beat over the summer and during the quarantine because they were still able to get out and, and play and, and practice as much as possible. Now, despite that, and everything that you say is true. Golf is a sport that can be socially distanced very easily. The ladies and the guys are do not have caddies. They're carrying their own bags. So it's really a sport that you can easily play. However, you guys are not being allowed to play, even with the social distancing that golf allows. How frustrating was that when the decision came down that all fall sports were canceled and that golf was going to be included in that? Yeah, it was frustrating. Um, and there was a little bit of why and misunderstanding of the players and myself included of why we weren't able to go ahead and and do it just because we can social distance very easily. Like we said, we can even pair teams together that might not usually be together and play with people that are kind of from the same area. But, you know, doing what's best for the kids and keeping them safe is, is number one priority. So if that's what we need to do this fall to to make that happen, then we'll go out and we'll get better and we'll be ready for whenever the time comes that we do get to tee it up again. Now, you had told me when we talked last year that getting into golf coaching was something that you always kind of thought about doing and something that you felt like you wanted to pursue and you did that at Wichita State becoming a women's student assistant coach and a graduate assistant coach at Wichita State how did you learn about this opportunity obviously coach Nodi retiring shout out to you coach if you're watching uh so this job came open and uh did were you expecting to get talked to about this job how did this come out uh you know how did this come about for you to become the director and coach the men and the women here at NU yeah it was a little bit of a surprise I guess um we obviously knew from the beginning that Nodi was gonna wrap it up this past year um but I think the plan kind of changed when everything with COVID came out and Joe just called me one morning and said, Hey, I want to talk to you about this. And we kind of laid everything out and gave her, gave her and I a couple days to, to think about it and to jot some things down of things that I think would be beneficial to it and things that could we foresee as an issue or a challenge. And we kind of reconvened with Zane and Mo and her as well. And we all kind of talked about it and how we could make it work. And, got an advertised for an assistant coach and have an assistant coach now. So we're kind of coming together as a team to run both programs, which has been kind of nice. It's usually been just me and bouncing ideas off of myself, which (laughs) sometimes is not the best approach. So having somebody to kind of talk to in the office and map out practice plans and break down swings and games and stuff has been nice to have somebody else there that we can do that with. And then we can kind of switch off and I can go with the guys. He can go with the girls and we can kind of tag team it in that way and bring a united front as opposed to completely separating the two programs well and i've talked to coach spence about this who has coached men and women and uh coach Shella from the tennis program who has coached both who coaches both the men and the women she's the other director here at newman the director of tennis have you coached guys before and and here in this early going no competitions with guys yet obviously since this season hasn't started but what are some of the differences that you anticipate between coaching the guys and the ladies yeah um I've never not coached guys before um I've given you know guys lessons like junior golfers lessons before but in terms of coaching college guys at this high of a level definitely haven't done that um but the games, people might think that it's very similar, and there are similarities because it is golf, but the men's and the women's game and the approach to the game is actually very different. 
Um, the women can approach the game in more of a shot shaping and finesse, and they don't hit it as far. There's not as much power, um, and they really have to rely on short game to where guys approach it and let's just hit it as far and as hard as we possibly can, which is not the approach that I particularly want them to take. But they approach it with more of a power and strength approach um, as opposed to having to work the ball a little bit more. Um, so we're kind of dialing it back with some and gaining some power with others. So um, it's been a learning experience for sure for me, just kind of bridging the gap between the two. Um, but it's been really fun to, you know, broaden my knowledge and intelligence and horizons there and and they've accepted me really well on the men's side and we've made some great strides and progress so far so i think the future is bright now in a normal season now that we're in the miaa because i know that's that's different as well for you first year in the miaa last year which is not really a change because you didn't coach the jets in the heartland conference but mm -hmm. when the schedule is normal and obviously there is no guarantee that the schedule is going to be normal after January 1, which is when your sport is scheduled to resume. Will the men and the women play on the same days in a normal year? Do they play the same uh, courses? How does that work out with the men and the women's team? Because I know in the Heartland Conference, not necessarily playing the same place the same weekend at the same location or golf course didn't always happen. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why it is – men's and women's golf, but it's two completely separate programs, two completely separate schedules. Um, we There is one tournament, I believe Roger State hosts a tournament over spring break that they do, you know, 10 men's teams, 10 women's teams, and we go to that, but that's sure. the only other tournament that we're even in the same state. Um, so that's why getting, a, getting an assistant coach was huge um, to be able to divide and conquer that because we could be in separate states the same weekend. Sure. And so other than that, we practice at different courses. We play at different courses. We very rarely overlap. And there's a couple of schools in the MIAA that have men's golf but don't have women's golf. So they have different competition um, in that regard in different tournaments as well. So it's completely separate on the men and the women's side. So it, it brings for some scheduling conflicts between coaches, and we have to, to kind of divide and conquer a little bit. Director of Golf, Taryn Torgerson, joining me here on the JetCast. I know that these men that you're going to be coaching this year are not exactly strangers. You guys are pretty cozy down there in the golf office. You share the hitting area that you have down there, and you officed right across from Coach Nodi last year. So it's not like you don't know these guys, but mm -hmm. how has that relationship-building process been going for you as you try to get, these, get to know these guys a little bit better? Yeah, it's been good. Um, and like you said, having our offices there and seeing them in and out of the golf room last year, I was able to – at least put a name with a face last year and, and get some conversation started with them. And I even helped a couple of them out last year when maybe Nodi was gone or something. So I had some relationships with some of them, but I've had to kind of build that with some of them as well. And that golf room is huge because they'll come down in there in between classes and stuff and hang out. So it kind of gives me an opportunity outside of golf to build that relationship with them. But they've been, they've been really good. They've accepted me and I, um, couldn't have asked for a better transition into it because obviously I had concerns going into oh, it, that seeing how they would accept me and how they would accept my coaching and my style because it is a lot different than what they're used to. But they've adjusted and, and come in and it's been a little bit of a culture shock and there's more of that coming for them, but um, they've handled it fairly well so far so what do you think I, I usually take this time and ask about the state of a program. I asked Coach Holmes that last week. But it seems really difficult to try to gauge where that is. And also the state of your women's program as well, because 
you didn't really get your first full year. The men are in a situation where they didn't finish last year either, and obviously with a new coach. How do you gauge where you feel the program is, given the fact that on the women's side, obviously, you did not finish your first full year, and on the men's side, you never coached these guys before, and they didn't finish their last season in 2020, the uh, spring of 2020? Yeah, we've kind of approached it as this is the time if you need to make some big changes to take your game to the next level, this is the time to do it. We don't have any competition, no tournaments, it's just all practice. So let's talk about it and figure out what we can do to shave some shots to get better from last year. And that's what we're doing. We've made some some grip changes, some setup changes, a complete overhaul of a couple of kids just to kind of get them started on the right track and it's a little uncomfortable right now but when spring rolls around and we can tee it up again hopefully they're getting more comfortable with it but that's kind of our approach right now is trying to keep them engaged and keep them focused knowing that competition is so far away right now um, but it is the time um, to get better and to tweak some things that need tweaking and to kind of self-evaluate what last year was and how we can be better in the future and just recruiting and adding those new kids to what we already have as well. How long do you feel like it takes to try to rebuild somebody's swing? How long does it take? I know golf is a very habit-based sport. You get in kind of a, a groove, a routine of doing things, and it can be difficult when you're trying to make a change, whether it be a small change or a major change. How long does it take for those changes to finally take and then for positive results to come about from those changes. Yeah, it kind of depends on the kid and how bad the bad habit was <laughs> and how long it's going to take to change that bad habit into a good habit. Um, but, you know, I changed both of our incoming freshmen um, women's players. I changed their grip week one and I ask them now and they almost forgot that we even did it. So we're just out there getting repetition and, the first couple of days, they were like, I'm going to let go of the club. I said, no, you're not. It's going to be okay. <laughs> um, but they're they're progressing, and I've seen great improvements in them um, with that kind of stuff. And then with the upperclassmen, it's just kind of fine-tuning the solid foundation that they already have. And same on the guys' side as we've kind of taken a new – they've kind of liked that because they're, they were used to Nodi looking at it, and now they have a new set of eyes, and I could see maybe different things that, he's, that he was seeing and that their swing coach is seeing. So – They've all picked it up really well. We really haven't had any big issues to where they're ready to throw their clubs in the pond or anything. So they're, they're sure. still trucking along. So How many years do you feel like it would take for you to fix Coach Ealing's swing? <laughs> well, you know, I try to get him to buy those lessons from the Jet <laughs> Open uh, – from the jet open auction but he let him go for some reason but we've had a few uh we've had a few lessons and he's still losing golf balls so i don't know what that means <laughs> well, yeah, well maybe he should get on the team and, and get some of those there lessons next year surely he's got some eligibility left somewhere final question for you do you have any idea what the schedule is going to look like this spring obviously we're still awaiting uh with great anticipation i think it'll be as the viewers uh, listen to this and watch this. It'll be a week from tomorrow when the big decision is made about the future of winter sports, which I think will have some sort of bearing on spring sports. I think they'll be watching to see how that works out. Obviously, you're on hold until January 1st, and we're not suggesting that golf is going to start happening in January, at least not here in Kansas. Mm. Maybe in the Heartland Conference, that could have been possible. Not going to happen in the MIAA. Do you have any idea what the schedule is going to look like for you this spring, when it'll start, how many tournaments? Has that been discussed at all? 
Yeah, it has. We've had a lot of conversation between just coaches and moving tournaments that were supposed to happen in the fall to the spring um, and ones that are, you know, more regionally located, knowing that budgets might be an issue and trying to stay closer in proximity to travel. Um, right now, our women, women are set to open up like the first week of February in Dallas, so could be a little dicey on the weather, could. but trying to get some rounds in. Um, we'll probably have about five tournaments and then conference on both sides. So the spring schedule is pretty much set. It's just a matter of if we can if we can play it or not. Uh, so. Hopefully we'll learn more on October 1st and in the months and weeks to follow after that. In her first year as director of golf, her second year here at Newman, Taryn Torgerson on the JetCast wrapping things up. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys listening and watching. We're back next week, of course, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. And we're back to basketball next week with Coach Darren Spence and women's basketball. And so we'll see you then. So until next time, Blake Cripps saying go Jets.